0: Hello and welcome to For the Love of Merlin. I'm Sonia and with me is my co host Mila. Hi Mila. Hello. <sighs> Episode 57. I can't prep you for this. <laughs> I'm going to try to say this so the joke comes through, okay? This is a written joke. The Deseers, desire to Deseer.
1: <laughs> oh, look at that.
0: I was going to apologize for this, but I won't.
1: No, don't apologize.
0: The synopsis for this episode is, when Arthur angers the ancient desir, Merlin must make the hardest decision of his life. He made a wrong decision. (laughs) I was going to just say that. Perfect.
1: (sighs) He made a wrong decision.
0: There's so many. Oh, my God. Okay.
1: So dumb.
0: I've been warning you about this episode for a while. Hearing that sentence come out of Colin Morgan's mouth while playing Merlin hurts me in a lot of ways. Why do we get involved in stories, books, TV shows, movies? Why do we love it? Because it takes us on an emotional journey. I do not enjoy this particular part of the journey.
1: (laughs) I mean, look, to me, in my personal opinion, I'm going to say that it's too late. It's already too late. Everyone should have known that Merlin has magic like five episodes ago.
0: We're at the point of the show where you know we've got eight episodes left. So you're kind of on a counter here where you're like, okay, because when you know the end is coming, you can start to make assessments about where the story's going. And I think now, while we're in season five, it's going to happen every episode that he doesn't know. So far, it's happened where we're just like complaining every episode. Why wasn't this the moment to tell him? Like, I know the end game. I know the last episode, right? I know where they wanted to get. And I still think this was the wrong decision. (laughs) I think it was violently mean from a writing perspective to your audience to write this. It hurts me as a viewer who's, you know, sitting here emotionally invested in the journey of a character. And most of all, for a good half, if not more, of this episode, I hate Arthur. (laughs)
1: He annoys me so much in this episode that I cannot. I I, there's shut up in several parts of my notes. I'm like everyone die, everyone go away. I don't want to watch this anymore.
0: There are parts of my notes where I'm like just go die, Arthur. And then there's parts of the notes where I'm like someone just kill me. There are so many points in this episode that are just grating beyond a point that I can take because. We all know how I feel about Mordred. Everyone who's here on episode 57, and if you're randomly listening to this podcast and you haven't listened to the rest of it, weird, welcome. Uh, I'm not a huge Mordred fan, even though I'm a huge, I really appreciate Alexander Vlahos as an actor. Don't love Mordred. And uh, there are several times in this episode where I'm just feeling, hey, I like Mordred more than Arthur right now. Yeah. That's where the scale slides in yes. for me in this episode. I'm like, okay, Arthur, you go away and let's bring Mordred back because I can't with you as a character right now. And that's part of the frustration with this episode is that I'm not sure everyone's recognizable as themselves here, as the as the characters that we know. What's going on with Arthur? I can justify a lot of what Merlin is doing from a writing standpoint, the panic of what's happening driving him to some really bad decision making and most of all i'm gonna do it up front i'm gonna do it right here up front i blame kilgar for this whole thing that was some really bad fucking advice
1: i disagree (laughs) of course it took me a second to think about it but Mm -hmm. i think that i disagree he didn't tell merlin wait for him to die he go go kill him next time that you have a chance which was not what happened
0: Well, that's interesting because I listened to this commentary in hopes that someone would give me a real understanding about why these decisions were made. But I can say that Colin, it was Julian Capps and Colin Morgan. And Colin Morgan did mention, you know, from a character standpoint, he's been told, make sure Mordred dies. And here he's been presented with a chance to not be a murderer, but be passively letting him die.
1: Can't be passive, Merlin. At this point in your story, you have to be an active participant. You know what? I'm sorry, but <laughs> this one you know what it is?
0: This episode causes me a lot of emotional stress watching it. That's what it is about this episode. It's not like, oh, it's scary or oh, I'm sad. It's it's a stressful feeling for me.
1: To me, there's a lot of people to blame. I'm like, Gaius, you're not helping. You're not helping at all. No one is helping. No one's helping. Gwen is the only one helping. <laughs> well, as per usual, I know that I liked the right people from the very first episode, and I'll continue to say that I was right from the beginning.
0: I'm not sure Kilgara actually helped. Okay. You might not blame him, but I'm not. We'll get into it. I'm not sure he was. This is like a. Okay. There's the help for a hurting scale, right? But maybe he falls right in the middle. It's neutral. I don't know because. Could be. It wasn't. Helpful. Like Merlin already knew that there was a problem and this person should die as soon as possible. I'm not sure it was like, hey, above all else, put this on your top number one priority list because then some real bad decisions got made based on that advice. Like, priority number one wasn't actually for more. Dr- okay, you know what? I'm going to stop. We're just going to get into it. We're going to do this. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna save it. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I'm going down the rabbit hole and I'm like, we're just gonna let's get into the story, okay? Yes. This opens up in the way that is a bad sign. Three witches in a cave, this is never a good way to start anything. Okay. If you know your Shakespeare, three witches hanging around.
1: I was just gonna say, first of all, it remind me of Shakespeare. Second of all, I'm gonna bring a Disney reference here. If you watch Hercules of Disney, there's three witches that they only between the three of them, they only have one eyeball that jumps from one to the other to the other. And they are the ones that see, they're called the fates. So they have, uh, your the line of life. They decide if you live or you die. They decide, kind of decide what happens to you. So there you go. That was my reference.
0: I love it. And it's accurate because I think this is very clearly Merlin's representation of the fates. The fates is usually three women Right. Who don't talk much except for when they do talk, then you better listen. Yes. I also really loved this is later on, but I really love the word splitting between them. Just like the three of us complete the thoughts, kind of like the one eyeball, right? It's like yep. the three of us make up one entity. So it's already a bad omen to start with. I'm going to tell you right now, this is a real cave that they filmed in. I love it. That's amazing. It's great. That's amazing. Oscar gets introduced. There's another bad. Omen. You know what must be done. That's never a good sentence. You don't want to hear that. That's a that's a bad sign. That is a bad sign. If I hadn't overly warned you about this already, you could tell from the first five seconds, you're like, this is not going to go well.
1: I'm not angry. I'm just so annoyed. <laughs> it's not anger. I'm, it's an annoyance to me. I'm like, ugh, we could have done without this. I Ugh. Like, I would substitute this with one episode with all of the ugh people in the end. Like, just put Agravain and Morgana and just make one episode just the two of them and skip this episode. Well, I would just get <laughs> Morgana, Uther, and Agravain all in one episode, and it would be better than this.
0: Julian Capps did say this is the Mordred slash Mordred and Merlin's relationship episode.
1: Yes. And they go out of their way
0: <laughs> to establish Mordred as a good person at this point in his life. Versus what we've seen the future holds for him. And that's all very clear to me from a writing standpoint. We're just making sure everyone gets that the dilemma is Mordred is good right now, but Merlin has some intel that's making him act and behave a certain different way. Right. If it wasn't clear already in the first four episodes of the season. (laughs) So speaking of Mordred, we cut over to poor Merlin is having to watch a training session with Mordred fighting Arthur, which is... All I can think about is poor Merlin because it so closely mirrors something terrible he's seen.
1: Right. And because Arthur is also very involved with Mordred in being like, oh, my God, he's amazing. I'm like, yes, we understand. You don't have to keep telling us.
0: I mean, in this scene, when when Merlin gets up and says, I think he says Sire. I don't think he says Arthur. He says Sire. And Arthur walks past him with Mordred being all buddy-buddy. And the way Colin Morgan described it was it's really hard for him to see Mordred and Arthur be almost closer than he is to Arthur so fast. Yeah, I'm mad. I'm mad because this is the frustrating thing of the episode, really, not just the thing that Merlin says later on, which is horrifying, but we often talk about why we're here as viewers and what the show has to offer. And the key relationship of the show that we're all invested in as viewers is Merlin and Arthur. So to have this episode land on us like a ton of bricks, it's meant to be hard on you in the sense of we don't see the progression. He just automatically is like a fanboy of Mordred. Yeah. You know, the show's called Merlin. I think most people are here rooting for the main character, which is Merlin and his struggles and his life and his wants and his needs. (laughs) So to watch that is painful from a, a standpoint that's more painful than the whole Destiny thing, because again... This is the realistic part. This is the part we've all been there for in our lives. Like the moment where someone gets closer to someone else and ignores us and it's, it hurts.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. And also it's a little bit annoying because Arthur comes, keeps coming for Merlin for like Intel. Like, what do you think of him? I'm like, don't ask him that. Why are you, why are you asking him these kinds of questions? I mean, it's hard with Arthur
0: because Arthur is written in a way where he's either got no EQ or above average EQ and there's no middle ground. I've been in this situation where I'm being really quiet about something that someone keeps asking me about and eventually the person who knows me well enough will say, okay, clearly you don't like them.
1: <laughs> yes, Arthur asks Merlin about it, but he's not really asking. He's just asking just because and he's like, yep, but you know, whatever your opinion is, I think is going to be great. I think he's already amazing. I'm like, yes, we understand. You <laughs> stop stop we go to arthur's room
0: and he's fanboying out loud and then doesn't even kind of acknowledges Mer- i love that they write this line for merlin where he says did you see that move da da do you even understand it and merlin replies in perfect swordsmanship skill speak and he's like yes i understand everything about swordsmanship i've been watching you train for 10 years i got it and just a little reminder to Arthur, that even though he continues to keep him in this role of scrubbing his floors and doing his laundry, Merlin has a ton of knowledge and a ton of skills, which is why he's his number one advisor. Even though he will never admit it, which we see constantly during this episode. But you're right, it's not. Oh, isn't he great? It's like, what am I gonna say? No, <laughs> that's not a question. That's not a question. I mean, he kind of like, oh, you have been paying attention. I'm like, Merlin is great. That's who's great.
1: Um, yeah. It's already annoying me from the beginning. So, you know, it only gets worse.
0: It does. This scene is hard. He says, you'll never receive anything but encouragement from me. And then throws clothes at Merlin's head. And I'm like, and at this point already at the start of the episode, I I feel I hate this Arthur. I hate the the version of Arthur they've placed here. It's painful.
1: And then we go to a version of Gaius that I'm like, you're not fucking helping either.
0: Yeah, we go home and Gaius is being another Mordred defender, which Merlin replies to him, I like Mordred too. I don't hate Mordred as he is now. I just, I'm trying to prevent something terrible from happening.
1: And what Gaius says, he says, he's a likable boy. Merlin says, well, I saw something. And Gaius says, seeing is not the same as knowing. And we must know for certain For as long as I've watched this show, seeing is pretty much the same as knowing. Also, I'm with you because he says another
0: annoying thing. Oh, it's only one possible future. And we don't know yet. I'm like, stop with this one possible future shit. Because every time we've done this, that's the future that happens. So stop it. Stop telling me that this might not happen. Kilgara did attack Kamala. Morgana did try to kill Uther. Like, Just stop. Just stop telling me that, oh, it might not happen that way. Just let it go. What are you talking about? That's not a believable response you'd have to that. Oh, I'm sorry. I saw this guy stab my best friend in the future and you just want me to be like, Meh, maybe it won't happen. Bye. I'll just go take a nap instead. What?
1: What? And a long time ago, the dragon told me that this kid was going to grow up to mess up my life in the future. And now he's the future and he's here messing up my life. Do you understand
0: yeah, this isn't something that just, oh, a random person said Merlin saw it himself. The dragon's been telling him for 10 fucking years that this is going to happen. And I don't understand the version of Arthur they've written, because again, it's the it's the high school girl who ditches you for the new girl in town. It's the version of Gaius that's written who keeps telling Merlin to just let it go, which it's not even, a, it's not advice that's even valid. Like, how am I supposed to do that?
1: So far, Merlin has been the secret master of everyone's destiny. And now he's just supposed to let it go because it's just a vision that he had and like, just sit down and see what happens. I'm like, no, no, no. Nobody gets to behave this way. We've been, it's the fifth season. We've been in more over 50 episodes that this destiny thing has been a thing. And it continues to be a thing. I don't accept that everyone is just going to abandon this right now. Especially because. This episode is a lot about
0: fate versus destiny, and I'm a big believer that you choose your destiny and fate is stuff that happens to you. (laughs) So when we're talking about fate, that's scary for Merlin. And also, yeah, you don't get to pick and choose. Oh, when the stuff seemed good and fun, you told me to do it. Like, oh, go save Arthur. But when the stuff is a little icky and hard to really emotionally, morally rationalize, you want me to be like, just let it go.
1: Also, a reminder to everyone that Merlin has killed other people, guys. He has just killed other people in case everyone forgot, lots of people died. He killed other people, so he just can't kill one more to save everything, no? How is this any different? I mean, I understand the dilemma.
0: I understand the dilemma because when he killed them, they were actively doing something bad. And this is the moral dilemma for Merlin. Mordred is currently good. What do I do about knowing he turns out bad? This is the minority report dilemma, right? you preemptively kill or stop someone if you know they're gonna do something bad but how do you know they were gonna do it it's it's a hard moral struggle for merlin but it's not one to be dismissed with it's probably gonna be fine
1: like what right
0: this episode makes me so grouchy i'm sorry everybody
1: (laughs) oh look i have i'm not helping either so listen we're just all gonna have to go through this together
0: to be honest here's how i gauge the merlin fandom's reaction to certain episodes is scaring the internet for memes this episode from the meme world of merlin fandom i can tell has hurt a lot of people yeah people are traumatized by this episode (laughs) because nobody wanted this episode again okay again we'll leave that for the end i just keep let's keep going so sir leon rides in in a fury in a real fury busts into the council room they're like and arthur's almost bored asking hey got any news and i have that moment of read sir leon's body language and when does sir leon ever have any good news by the way he always busts into this room he's like a bunch of people died <laughs> that's true that is true
1: he's usually the bearer of very bad news
0: that's kind of his job and he brings bad news that sir ranolf has died but here's my question in this scene
1: who is sir
0: Seren- ranolf <laughs> Also that. He's a red shirt.
1: He's been been childhood friends with (laughs) Arthur and we've never seen this guy's face. Do you understand
0: it? I do understand. But I have a different question, although that one's a good question. The scenario they set up here with them being the good guys, they were chasing the sorcerer. Like, why were you chasing this? He defended himself. I, in this scene, am already on the sorcerer's side. Why were they chasing Asgard? Because he's a sorcerer? Then leave him alone. Did he attack Camelot? No, I'm pretty sure he didn't. He's just walking through the forest with a rune in his pocket, trying to bring it to Arthur.
1: He was really not aggressive. As we see later. As Arthur points out himself later in this episode.
0: Even in this episode, if you're a first-time watcher, in this scene, if you really listen to what Sir Leon's saying, they were pursuing Oscar and Oscar fought back. Well, I'm sorry. If you're just being persecuted for being a sorcerer, I can't really blame you for fighting back. Yeah. So right away, I'm like, Arthur's on the wrong side of this struggle. Definitely. I agree. Because he's being a little bit Uther here. Just live and let live. If they're not attacking you with the magic, just let them be peaceful. I don't see why we're pursuing them. I don't either. So Arthur makes a decision of, I'm going out there personally to deal with this. And of course, the next scene is Gwen pointing out to him that this has to stop. He's the king, not a knight.
1: It's useless. Why would you keep saying that? He doesn't want to listen. Poor
0: Gwen. And then Mordred arrives. In this scene, I'm still a little annoyed with Mordred. I'm like, okay, stop sucking up.
1: A little bit. He's like, oh, it's just
0: annoying. Arthur gives him the news that he's coming along on this little quest. At this point, I wish they'd left the scene in in the last episode with Mithian of him asking to go on the quest and getting rejected because this scene makes a lot more sense. If you've seen that one, that's a deleted scene. Yes. (laughs) He leaves the room and delivers the you won't regret this to which as a viewer of movies and tv and writer of scripts i know we're gonna regret this
1: means you'll definitely
0: regret this and 100% means that yes we will at this point in my notes by the way i've written an addendum of can you tell this episode puts me on edge i'm just on edge the whole time
1: <laughs> every scene every single scene
0: <sighs> until later i mean it, it brings i get i get brought down a little bit when arthur stops being a huge dick but it takes a while. I don't know if I want to say it that way.
1: It takes a long time. Yeah, you can say it that way because that's the truth. I'm just not. Yeah. We'll keep going. I'm going to
0: get to it, guys. I'm going to get to the point where I flip a little bit on this episode. Stick with us, okay? I know you've been hurt by this episode. Anyone who's watching this episode and doesn't feel a little bit of bad feelings, I'm like, are you enjoying this? Why?
1: Also, if you don't like our opinion, you can just stop listening, okay?
0: (laughs) Please don't stop listening.
1: (laughs) Not really, but... You know, hang with us till the end. Maybe we'll change our opinion. We always come around.
0: Yeah, we always come around to a good note at the end, right? A little bit. If, just a little bit, probably, in this episode. But still, a little bit is better than nothing. I don't think we've ever had an episode, even the ones we like, really dislike, things that were happening, where we didn't have some merit points by the end.
1: That is true. That is true.
0: We always get there. So, in the courtyard... The knights are hazing Mordred and I want to enjoy it, but I'm just a little too annoyed at Arthur to even have fun with this because I'm taking at this point in the episode, I'm most frustrated with the Arthur character. So I'm emotionally taking that frustration out on Mordred and blaming him for it. (laughs) You see what I mean?
1: Because he's perfectly nice. I don't really enjoy the scene either because it makes me uncomfortable because he is perfectly nice and the knights are just picking on him. Also, I love this scene because it shows Mordred like from the bottom on top of a horse. And then he shows the scene from the top and he's not on the horse anymore. He's just by the side of the horse. I was like, you were just on top of the horse. <laughs> and now you're we down. That is
0: not a continuity error that I saw. And I'm glad I didn't see it because continuity errors hurt my eyes. Uh, it happens. Okay, it happens. it happens.
1: It just this one. I went back to see it because I was like, you were just on the horse. And now you're we just on the floor one second later
0: I'm so glad I missed it I'm so glad Merlin tries in vain with an are you sure and Arthur gives a line that makes me just scream internally he says oh where would any of us be if people didn't give us a chance I'm sorry when have you given Merlin a chance to be anything but the guy who washes your underwear I'm I can't take this <laughs> don't say that shit to Merlin no no I think the frustration I'm having here is I feel like the magic should have already been disclosed to Arthur. Mordred is magic and he's super close with Arthur. Arthur has amnesia about Mordred. Arthur's being really, really obnoxious in the first part of this episode. Obnoxious towards Merlin. And I'm at the point of the show where I'm like, I want Merlin to be the court sorcerer.
1: I mean, I'm five episodes past that point. It's just too late right now. Because a lot of this episode is about the end
0: game. We're talking end game stuff here. Yes. And there's no end in sight. And this episode makes it worse because this there's a scene where you think it's the end in sight and then you're like, oh, this is not happening.
1: <laughs> it never happens. At this point, I'm like, is this ever going to actually happen?
0: I don't know. I do know, but I can't say.
1: Right here, I get the only
0: emotional relief I get the whole first part of the episode Gwen is standing there and she says to Merlin, because she's the only one who's on the same page as Merlin, it means she likes Mordred, she thinks he's adorable, but at the same time, Merlin, you take care of him. She knows who protects Arthur, even if Arthur is completely oblivious to it, even though he's standing there when it happens. She gets it and Merlin says he doesn't always make it easy. And she says, I know.
1: She's the only person being reasonable in this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. And we don't get a lot of Gwen, so it's pretty annoying most of the times. At least
0: Gwen is A+. Plus. She is. When we do get her, when she gets peppered in here, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you're here because you're the only one talking sense.
1: <laughs> I mean, usually scenes between Gaius and Merlin are a relief for me, even if Merlin and Arthur's Arthur's relationship is being really annoying. But this time, it's just a no. It's just a no and it's... Painful to see Merlin alone, like feeling like he's the crazy person. Be like, am I being crazy? Because nobody can see it. Nobody sees it. We saw it for four and a half seasons and suddenly we don't see it anymore. And I don't understand. And
0: I guess that's written, I'm trying to come from the writer's standpoint. They've made this decision that this has to happen. Okay. They want to drive home this whole fate and what's what's in store for the next eight episodes fine. Okay, you're trying to make me feel the emotional dilemma that Merlin's feeling because everyone loves Mordred, including Merlin likes Mordred. It doesn't mean that everyone in Merlin's life needs to treat him like he's insane, except for Gwen, because it feels like a Twilight Zone episode where you're the only one... It's like, I know he's nice right now. Merlin's never saying Mordred's a piece of shit right now. He's never said that. No. He said, no, he's perfectly humble and nice. And he's a great fighter. Yes. <sighs> okay. Anyway, Gwen gets it. That's a little bomb on my soul right there. That little snippet. And then we get to the forest. And it's this feels a little better that the boys are forever fucking around when they're in the forest on their way to the real quest. I feel a little better with the knights doing this stuff here. Because it's like childish He's and they're not merely being mean. He's just riding a horse backwards. I mean, it's not, I like that their, their teasing is never painful. It's always like really like a 12 year old doing it. Like, oh, ride your horse backwards.
1: Yeah. But like, not really, because at this point I'm like, whatever, let's just get there and let this shit happen because I know this shit's going to happen at any moment. And it does. They find
0: Oscar, who's waiting for them. He's like, took you long enough. Come on now. And Proving my point that sorcerers don't need to sword fight, okay? I mean, I know Gwen stabs him, which I'm just... Uh, I'm kind of disappointed in Gwen right here. It's like, no, Gwen, don't attack somebody who just was defending themselves.
1: Gwen is also an asshole in this episode.
0: Yeah, he's really disappointing in this episode.
1: I'm like, what happened to all of you? I know. It's like everyone changed personalities. That's what annoys me. I mean, Gwen is always supposed to
0: be the impulsive one, but he's not cruel.
1: He's the most compassionate one. Yes. He wouldn't, I don't believe, I don't believe that he would just stab a sorcerer out of nowhere. The guy didn't do anything. He just goes, take me to your king. So he's a prisoner now. Take him to Arthur. Why do you have to stab him? Arthur is literally just around the corner. You can walk there together.
0: Again, Sir Ranulf died probably because he put a sword to his throat. And that's not cool. Even if you're arresting someone, he's not fighting. Like he's just standing there.
1: He's not doing anything. He's just saying, I want to speak to Arthur. That's it. And you as a knight, you have the duty to just take this now prisoner of yours to Arthur and let Arthur decide what to do. And I just don't believe that Gwen would do what he did. I don't believe it. And that annoys me a lot.
0: That's what's confusing about the writing of this episode is I'm not sure even annoying Arthur isn't usually a total insensitive kind of jerk. To this level. I mean, we're back to Cornelius Segan level Arthur in some of these scenes where I'm like, stop. Actually, it's coming up and we'll talk about it. But so Oscar finally gets to Arthur. He's not even aggressive. He says, sire and kneels in front of him and hands him the rune mark and tries to explain that he's done certain things. And he says, now the ancient gods answer you, the Disseer have spoken, and dies giving him this message. Not for a second violent, literally on his knees. Just like he said that he wanted just to talk to Arthur. I have so many questions like, where the hell were the gods and the Desir when Uther was on the throne?
1: Yes, that also. He also says that Arthur has to redeem himself and find his true path. I think this is where we
0: get the line that the circle of fate is closing. Like what I read that as is you've got a short amount of time to change what's going to happen. Yes. He even repeats this whole... for even as Camelot flowers, the seeds of destruction are being sown. And Arthur is still terrible Arthur at this point and says, what nonsense is this? And I think in this scene, my only reaction is Merlin, punch him in the mouth. (laughs) Do it, just punch him.
1: With every single little condescending comment of Arthur about all of this, I want to break the screen of my computer. I'm like, I'm going to stop watching this episode because I just, it's not possible. Like either you do have amnesia or you're just as dumb as I think at this moment that you are. And I don't, I just like, I want to believe that your his character grew so much that he's not the dumb person that he was in the beginning anymore. But it's regressing to a point that I'm like, maybe you are still dumb. Maybe you're just going to be like this forever and i then i'm not really rooting for you anymore because i can't predict when you're going to go back to your dumb self
0: it's really hard it's really hard with the character development in this episode because things are being said and decisions are being made and i don't recognize the characters that i have spent 56 episodes with
1: <laughs> and i'm sorry we just watched 10 years of your life with you seeing monsters and magical people and things happening you see something and you're like, oh, this is such nonsense. Really? Really? It just doesn't make any sense. At this point, your sister is magical and has attacked you with all kinds of things. How can you not believe this stuff?
0: <sighs> Exhausting.
1: Exhausting. Exhausting. Exhausting.
0: And even for a second, Mordred and Merlin exchange these looks and eyes of your break at this point on Mordred. And I'm just kind of like, fuck, even before this next scene, I have this moment of Mordred understands more than Arthur on Merlin's point of view in this moment. Just that quick look. And I could unpack so much, but then it gets even deeper because Merlin, as per usual, is in charge of everybody's funeral, is marking the grave of the sorcerer. And Mordred comes up. Makes a comment about how that's not really allowed, but obviously he's just chatting. Because this is the scene where I finally break down. And I'm like, okay, yeah, he is likable. I like him. Even Merlin likes him in this scene.
1: At some point he's like, oh, do you know that's not really allowed? And then he goes, oh, don't worry about it. I do the same. I'm like, then why'd you come to bother? Leave him alone. Oh my God. But I do, I do really like this line. Because at this point,
0: this is the only person there who Merlin can talk to. And I like this conversation, and I'm really conflicted. I'm as conflicted as Merlin's character is at this point. It's kind of what you said about Mithian. You're perfectly nice, okay? You're perfectly nice.
1: Thank you. Thank you, perfectly nice boy. You can go away now. Yeah. And Merlin says
0: to Mordred, it won't always be like this. And he believes that. He believes that's Arthur's destiny. Mordred has this great line where he says, until then we go unmarked in death as in life. And I love this line so much. I love whoever wrote it. I do too. I don't want to bash the writers this whole episode. You know, I've I've given so much love to this writing staff for 56 episodes. There's moments.
1: I mean, it's okay to have one bad episode. <laughs> Even if we don't think, don't agree with everything in this episode, doesn't mean that we think that the writers are bad writers.
0: No, I love this line because it really gets to the truth of they're both having to hide themselves every day of their lives and Hide this dead person's grave. And I do have this moment right there where I'm just like, okay, even I like you. Now go away.
1: Yes. And in the beginning of the scene, I was annoyed, but literally, my notes for the beginning of the scene when Mordred comes, I was like, Mordred comes to bother. (laughs) But then at the end of the scene, I see a real connection. I see real understanding and I see mutual faith that things will get better for them. So that's why I like about the end of the scene.
0: Yeah my note for the end of the scene is oh come on even I like him unlike Arthur don't like Arthur right now and if I didn't like Arthur before the next scene makes me want to crawl into my TV and punch him It's night Arthur has decided to make this all about Mordred we're toasting to Mordred the way they write Arthur here where he makes Merlin say congratulations and then taunts Merlin and says you know No matter what, you're always miserable. I'm like, okay, here's the pot calling the kettle black. Also, yeah, he's miserable because you're an idiot. You're just an idiot. And when he tries to have a conversation and is honest out loud in front of everyone about why he's a little down in the mouth, Arthur says something horrifying. Oh, it's just a trinket and nothing more. And I think, see, you are an idiot. That's why he's depressed.
1: And it's just, he says that Oscar was deranged. It's just, I... And he like throws the thing at Merlin. He's like, oh, "I'm just gonna like frame it or whatever it is." I can't. I don't. I don't know what else to say. I'm just so annoyed.
0: It is annoying. I mean, it's really hard to get through this episode because of the way they've written this relationship for fifty-six episodes, and we're used to Merlin and Arthur's relationship being very up and down in this show. It's not like we're not used to Arthur being annoying or denying this relationship, but it's season five. It's 10 years into it. The last thing I want to hear is Arthur denying that magic has a point and is real and has real things to say, like you said, or jerking Merlin around in front of everyone. It's so painful from the standpoint of someone who's been watching the show for so many episodes to listen to this stuff and be like,
1: what? I mean, I'm sorry, you just walked into the land of the dead and brought your father back. And suddenly, this is just a deranged person? I just don't believe, I just don't believe that anyone that saw everything that Arthur has seen, that experienced everything that he has experienced, would act this way towards magic at this point.
0: The real issue is that they're doing this on purpose, and we'll find out later, obviously. They'll call it out. But really, they pressed aggressively in the writing of Arthur as a conceited jerk to drive a point home later. But it's hard for me as someone who's been watching the show to believe this version of him. He's not a conceited asshole most of the time. So to force that into the writing to make the point later
1: really <laughs> confuses me. I just think it didn't need to be this way. I think that there's there has to be another way to not write him like this. It's not necessary.
0: It's not. They return to Camelot and Arthur's still whining about Merlin's mood and makes a your face looks like a butt joke. Merlin, I love the way Colin plays this. He doesn't even feign laughter. And Arthur says, you don't even laugh at my jokes anymore because you're driving him crazy and you're in mortal danger. You unbelievable idiot. I haven't seen you smile in the past three days, which is a classic Arthur line at this point in the show. Yeah. And what does that tell you? This is the hard part. Arthur is astute enough to see that, has known this person 10 years. When that happens, usually there's a very serious reason why. And Merlin has always been right. So we always come to this point of if Merlin's always right, why doesn't Arthur listen to him?
1: Yeah, I don't know the answer to that question. Merlin just says, there's not much to smile about. I don't like, I don't know why do you want me to just go about laughing?
0: It also brings the question of how The character of Arthur would not have noticed that his best friend in the world, who he spends all his time with, believes this stuff.
1: I mean, I'm going to spend 75% of this show with my hand on my forehead because it's just so aggravating. (sighs) When Arthur goes to Gaius and Gaius does the whole thing right now, that he explains what it is.
0: The vibe I get in this scene is that Merlin is like the T.A., For people who aren't in the American school system, that's the teacher's assistant. And he's having trouble with his not so quick on the pickup student, Arthur. And Arthur gets called into the principal's office and is told to sit down on the other side of the desk. (laughs) I love it. Guy says, like, have a seat. I'm going to try to lecture you into some common sense. And I mean, I can't blame Bradley for any of these decisions. You have to play the character that's been written for you.
1: I agree. I totally agree with that. He makes a
0: series of annoying faces which I'm like, yeah, Arthur, just make more annoying faces. That's helpful. Merlin is in the role of standing back there trying to take it seriously enough for the both of them, asking the questions that he wants Arthur to ask, like, oh, the desire.
1: What's that? (laughs) And then Arthur says, well, that's superstitious nonsense. And I'm like, surely. You remember that you said that about Tons of other stuff that were correct, right? One of them that I can recall, and I just watched this show once, is the unicorn. This is exactly what he said about the unicorn. And it was a shit show. So, you know, learned nothing. And this, and it annoys me. When a character learns nothing about his past, it just annoys me a lot. Well, at least
0: it's consistent with our Arthur has amnesia theory.
1: He clearly does. Because it's the only way. It's all the concussions. At some point, you understand your character making a mistake once, twice, three times. It's five seasons. It's at this point, I'm going to say that it's almost up to the hundreds, the amount of experience that he has had with magic during this five seasons. At some point, if you don't learn... I stop rooting for you. Yeah. Because it just gets too annoying. It's hard
0: to root for a character that's basically asking for it. Like You, you want this to go badly because you're not listening. When he says, this is nonsense, surely that's where my, my notes say, someone kill me, please, because I can't. Arthur is just so smug. And he gets up. And this is where you get the change in Arthur when he finally catches up. When he gets up to leave because he's done, because he's almost, wait, you don't both believe this, do you? clearly they both believe this. What do you mean by asking that question? Why do you think Merlin's been a sourpuss for three days? Clearly he believes it. Gaius has called you in here and sat you down at his desk, which has never happened before, because he believes it. People don't lecture you about things that they don't really think are true, honestly. And I love this line so much from Gaius. I'm an old man, old enough to be wary of dismissing other people's beliefs. Such a good line. That's yummy.
1: It is. So I also have this line written down because I was like, oh, guys, see, I knew that you could deliver something to me this episode that I would be like, yes, yes, that what he just said. That's that's what I want to say.
0: And that is like a Gaius bitch slap. Basically, it is a knowledge bitch slap across the face of snap out of it just because you don't believe things doesn't make them not true, which I'm just like, hey, guys, take your own advice. Just because you don't believe Merlin's right about Mordred doesn't mean it's not true.
1: I'm like, yes, I'm going to forget for a second that you're just dismissing everything else and be happy about this very tiny, tiny, tiny moment that we're getting here because I'm going to go back to being annoyed in one second.
0: Of course. So Arthur goes back to his room to change. It's funny because now every time we're in Arthur's room hanging out, in the back of my head, I'm always like, where's Gwen? And he's really tense and doing all this thinking out loud, asking not real questions about aren't I good? He wants the reassurance from Merlin. This is a little reminiscent of the Uther that song episode because it's not not wanting to believe the magical aspect. This is where I starts to flip a little because finally Arthur is not being a jerk anymore. I just don't understand why they have to write him so smug. It's, it hurts me.
1: He is still a jerk leader, but in this moment, he's a bit, little bit less of a jerk. Well, you start to see the cracking veneer
0: of it's not wanting, it's not the magic I don't believe. It's that I don't want to accept, it was, I don't want to accept Uther is that bad of a person. I don't want to accept that I've been judged in a negative way because I'm trying.
1: Right. And Merlin says that judgment is wasted on a man who won't listen. I love that
0: they write this line for Arthur, That's basically, oh, you think I should? And the reply is even better. I think you've already decided to listen. Like, I think you're just struggling with yourself because there has to be an admittance of you might've done something wrong to deserve this. And it's a very human struggle. And that part of the writing I get, the inner turmoil of Arthur not wanting to admit that he's not as good as he thinks he is, that I understand. The smug jerk act, I don't understand. It's a little too far.
1: I don't, and it's, to me there's a disconnect here because Arthur understands that his father's actions led him to be cruel and alone and persecute people but Arthur as a king refuses to accept magic so by continue by it continue to be outlawed it's not that you're actively persecuting people but as we saw in this episode maybe they are and we just didn't we just don't hear about it
0: I mean, Arthur brings this up later, but really there is a big difference between, oh, anyone can do anything with magic and it will just be an unchecked, completely batshit crazy system where everyone's just power mad and attacking Camelot and hurting people versus I'm going to let magic be legal. But if people cross the line of doing bad things or using it to hurt others or gain power over others, then I'm going to step in. Right. Like, wh- Where is the middle ground on magic's allowed, but I'm going to police it in a way that makes sense.
1: And that's what's missing. The, uh, there's a middle ground that's missing because it's not all or nothing. Nothing is all or nothing. And we've seen it in this writers right beautiful characters that are not all bad and are all good. Most of the times we see the characters from the show and we understand where their frustrations come from. We can see the good in them. We can see that there's a source for their behavior. It's not just like you're good and you do everything good or you're evil and you do everything evil. There, Especially with Morgana, there was such a development to from one person to the person that she became now. And I just don't understand why in this huge, huge, huge topic, it's it is an all or nothing topic. There's no room for middle ground. There's no room for like talking nuanced magic.
0: I mean, that's, as far as I know, I feel like that's pretty common in these tales where it's just like, no magic or all magic. And I'm just like, or, you know, people are on a sliding scale of good and bad with magic. It's just like they are as people. Maybe that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I do get to the end of the scene where Merlin can't wait to get out of there. He's asking to leave. And I just have that feeling of like, oh, he's going to run to Kilgar. <laughs> yep hey i need to go because the only time he ever needs to go really badly is just like i have to go talk to a dragon about a thing this is actually i found out during the commentary where we would have had the deleted scene where there's only one deleted scene where gaius and merlin are having dinner and merlin is kind of connecting this whole incident with the rune to mordred and gaius is being very are you sure about that and we're all annoyed and the Kilgar scene was actually later in the episode and was brought up to here for story flow and pacing, which I think works. I don't think we need that dinner.
1: I think that I think so too. I don't think that I didn't miss that dinner. I mean, I don't miss a lot about this episode, but that scene, you know. Okay, let's cut all the scenes.
0: <laughs> we just want the Gwen scene and this scene. The Mordred scene.
1: We want Gwen saying goodbye and that's it. That's pretty much it. End of episode. (laughs) So
0: I do get a little annoyed with Kilgara here because there's a little bit of the riddles going on. And then there is at least there's a thing I've been waiting for this whole season. We're we're at the end. Here's the I told you you should have killed him 10 years ago, but you didn't. And I think I've been waiting for it.
1: (laughs) I'm glad I'm glad that I told you so came because, you know, we need some of those sometimes to be like, see, see. It happened. I told you. Yeah. I think, again, what I was trying
0: to say earlier, I think the mistake in the advice here is trying to push Merlin to the point of the only way to fix this is to murder Mordred. I'm not really sure that's true. Hey, you need to talk to Arthur for real. You need to tell him what's happening. Your magic, Mordred's magic. He needs to get over his shit with magic. That's the real solution. Now, I understand why... That's not completely possible, but it still is. I think, again, you can't answer this. I think a lot of the season could still play out the same if the solution was more, you need to drive Arthur towards magic instead of you need to kill Mordred.
1: Right, I get it. And I think that I agree with that because the line that they make Merlin say, and I'm like, I don't even believe that he would say something like that. Because we've been working for this for five seasons now. Uh. How at the end of this, we're going to just rewind everything and walk backwards a million steps. It's just...
0: Kilgara's advice is a little too aggressive on the kill Mordred aspect and not aggressive enough on the bigger picture. He's the dragon who lives a thousand years and knows the future. He really should be the one offering the bigger picture. And instead he's like, just kill Mordred. Like, there's bigger fish to fry here. Oh, so... And I think this is the point where Merlin gets... not As if he wasn't already fixated on that vision, he really gets fixated on the only thing at hand here is killing Mordred, and that's a problem. That's why he makes a terrible decision.
1: I mean, I don't know where in his brain what he said to Arthur would further his cause with magic. I don't understand. I don't understand how it said that that's ever possible. It's not. It's not. Anyway, but I in, at this point, I agree with you. Yeah, it's just like we're focusing
0: too much on this one part of the whole thing. And that's what leads the character to make a terrible decision, which is fine. That tracks in a writing sense of we're getting so hyper focused on a thing. We're missing the bigger picture. That's what happens from here on in, in the episode. I mean, it was already happening. He's been fixated on Mordred for a while, but this is really the moment where there's no turning back. And I'm just like, shouldn't Kilgara be the one to have the perspective? To give perspective? Kilgara, you go kill Mordred. What the hell? Are you not a dragon? Can you help me
1: out? Jesus. Yeah, but I blame Merlin also. I mean... I blame everybody. (laughs) Keep going. Just keep going. We have to go through this episode so we can move on.
0: So Arthur and Gwen are having a chat. Arthur, again, not a dick when he's around Gwen. He gives her a Merlin was right. Osgard was being completely...
1: (laughs) I would really just stop watching this if that was the case. I would not have finished this episode.
0: But he is. He's better when he's around her. And he even does the thing where he only admits it to Gwen that Merlin was right. And he says this line of why would a sorcerer pity a king? I don't know. Because you're a pretty stupid king, because you're making really, really dumb, dumb decisions. Yep, that is correct. Because the sorcerer knows that the thing he handed you is your fate on a plate of you're gonna die a terrible death if you don't square it with magic. That's why he pities you, because you've got some bad, painful shit coming your way if you don't get your head right. And Gwen is just loving, she's just so loving.
1: It's like, it's because they don't know you like I do. I'm like, yes, we know him and he's still being a dick. So let's move on. (laughs) Back home, Merlin gets woken up in the middle of the night. We're so used to this. Desperate poor thing. He's like, oh my God, did I miss? Did I miss my time to go to work? And guys is like, no, it's the middle of
0: the night. Like It's not even dawn yet, which is hilarious because it's not even dawn yet. tells me like what? It's like four o'clock in the morning. Okay, well... Arthur's panicking. Of course, he hasn't slept, clearly. And he's all, let's go see the Desir right now before dawn. I love this choice by the writers. Arthur is on the same train as Gwen. Everyone is just telling Gaius to just stop pretending he doesn't know about magic. They're like, it's it's fine. Stop lying. Like, just tell me where they are. I'm not going to kill you because you know, Like, it's fine. Yeah. That part of Arthur we can like to be like, okay, it's fine that you know about magic. Can we just go?
1: I need this information right this second. Please tell me.
0: I also love this line of we leave within the hour and we get to the courtyard and it's like middle of the day sunlight. And I'm just like, no, you didn't.
1: (laughs) You're very late. Very late. It took... Took too long for you guys to get ready.
0: I don't know what world he would leave within the hour. Merlin has to go put armor on him for like 20 minutes. They have to get the horses ready. Like, when are you going anywhere in an hour?
1: Also, I'm sorry. Why do we need a fucking committee to do this? I'm very annoyed that a lot of the knights are going with Arthur. I'm like, this is your thing. Don't take other people. Well,
0: okay. This is in my notes later. When they go on their second solo quest to the Desir, My note on that is, this is how it should have been the first time. Why did you bring a whole bunch of people?
1: Obviously. I don't know. It's so dumb. I'm like, because when he told Merlin, we leave within the hour, I was like, yes, we, the two of them. And suddenly I see like a caravan. I'm like, no, no, wrong.
0: Speaking of the caravan, Mordred comes and he's like, please, 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 pretty, please let me go. And Merlin is just giving up. He doesn't even try to stop it. Arthur gives it and says, "Get him everything he needs and Merlin's like, "Sure, <laughs> whatever there's no stopping this fool. he knows he's like, You know what? why don't you just walk off a cliff arthur It'll be easier than watching this whole thing unfold in front of my eyes, yeah, anyway, we get all questy, they get to the cave, and Merlin tries outside the cave.
1: We have dick arthur <laughs> Arthur again, like real quick at the entrance of the cave I'm like, you're a dick.
0: We regress to Arthur from. 15 minutes ago and Merlin makes a totally complete sensical suggestion about not entering someone's sacred space guns a-blazing as it were swords a-drawn I guess and we get this like it's supposed to be a comedy moment from Arthur but I'm just like I hate you
1: <laughs> I'm like if this is supposed to make me laugh you guys really miss your mark here I'm not laughing I don't think this is funny at all. This is not Bradley's fault at all. I just were at. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. It's just the situation.
0: I just can't laugh. Yeah, no, no joke's gonna land on me right now because he's rudely shutting Merlin down when Merlin is 100% correct. And then we have this sequence of I don't even understand Percival here just tearing down relics, stomping on them. I mean, again, I understand what the writers are trying to do here. Make them as awful and oafish as you can about this stuff as they trapes through and then Arthur gives a speech.
1: You cannot arbitrarily choose to do that in one episode when you portray these knights a completely different way for dozens of episodes before this. You cannot do that. I mean, Gwyn
0: was just cuddling up with a super magical alien like a couple episodes ago. I'm just saying. I'm just confused. And then it gets worse because Arthur delivers this whole only peers can judge me. Who do the gods think they are? And I'm just like, are you serious?
1: Arthur is such a condescending person prick. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. Yeah. Like, hey,
0: I'm here. Why are you judging me for being a complete dick while I'm here to act like a complete, arrogant, disrespectful jerk in front of you? What could possibly be the meaning of this token that says I'm being terrible while I'm here being terrible? (laughs)
1: I mean, he's like, I fight against sorcery and superstition. Why do you have to fight against superstition? People can be superstitious as much as they want, and that has nothing to do with you. Yeah, he gives a, how so?
0: Just like, aren't I awesome? I mean, look at how I traipsed in here. Yay me.
1: And then Gwen opens his mouth, and I'm like, you also shut the fuck up.
0: I do love the desire just telling it how it is. Really simply calling it completely like it's playing out. Arrogance, conceit. Insolence. They are a hundred and ten percent right. And yeah, Gwen gets all attacky now, and I'm just like, Ugh, okay. And then Mordred saves Merlin. I do love. Julian was talking about the the editing decisions here. They cut out all the mid shots and just did super close ups and a wide shot it cuts great. It's just really confusing.
1: It is really confusing because it's kind of dark. They're in the cave. It. I, I really love it. I really love it.
0: Yeah. It gives me a heightened sense of, oh, this is going really badly and I don't know what's happening.
1: Yes. You kind of don't know. It's like at the end when it all happens, you're like, wait, I have to assess the situation and figure it out what just happened here.
0: Also gives it a sense of it happening so quickly that Merlin can't stop it. And you just get the shot of Colin's face just Stunned, and you hear you hear the Arthur yelling Merlin, and he snaps out of it, and he sees that Mordred is injured and that his seer have attacked, and you're kind of catching up with everything that's happened. He helps Arthur for a second, and they all get Mordred out of there. And I love this moment of Merlin staying behind, and they launch a spear at him, and he rebuffs it. And then there's the moment where she looks up. One of the Desir looks up. Yes, and there's that recognition of Emrys, and she doesn't even say it, but they know, they understand each other.
1: Of course, they know. It's great. And Merlin is not even scared. He's like, "Enough, I understood," <laughs> and walks away.
0: Yeah, it's it plays. It's a great scene, the way it's cut. But the whole jerk knights jerk Arthur thing really weighs on me. This whole episode, obviously. <laughs> Here we are, an hour into just being like, why? <laughs> At least this is the turning point, right, of everything. We're outside the cave, Mordred's dying. I don't believe Merlin. I don't believe he can't fix it.
1: Oh, not for a second.
0: Colin is so good at delivering that, like, it's all in how he's saying it. Because there's no subtext to be had but his face. Because he said, we have to go to guys a thousand times and it's always been true. Yeah. But we don't believe him.
1: But let me, t- let me tell you that this was an opportunity for him to actually kill him. Because Arthur says... It's too long of a journey. So Merlin could just say, I can try and do something quick. And then he's dead. And then you're done. Okay? Yeah, but you're still... I do understand the
0: moral dilemma of he's not a... How do you kill someone who's at this moment innocent? Like, that wouldn't be a good look on Merlin either. Regardless of what he says later, you wouldn't want your main character to be like, I'm just going to kill this guy, even though he hasn't done anything and he's perfectly likable.
1: He chose to kill him anyway later.
0: Yeah, but this is the journey to that moment. This is like you have to get so desperate. Well, let's get through it. Because this is the the desperation mounts, right? This is what happens, is that he makes a decision of I'm gonna leave this up to Gaius.
1: Gaius also could have kept his mouth shut and nothing would have happened.
0: Yes, because when they get home, they bring Mordred to Gaius. In front of Arthur, he gives him Merlin is right, and then two seconds after Arthur leaves, plus I love the blocking of this scene where Merlin's just creepy hanging out in the background. <laughs> it it struck me funny, but it's great. Right. And Arthur has been out the door two seconds and of course Guys is like, um, you're the one who can save him, Merlin. And Merlin is basically uh nope.
1: Yeah, but then Guys goes to Arthur and says, Hey, we have to prepare for the worst. Stop. Full stop. Don't say anything else. But no, he keeps going. He's like, Only the this year can like Take back this enchantment here, this venom in his blood. And that's when Arthur's like, yeah, I'm going to go see them again.
0: Well, yeah, because Gaius and Merlin are diametrically opposed in this decision. Gaius wants to save Mordred. I mean, even Gwen is right before they walk in. It is Mordred's job to take one for the king. Just saying. You're basically secret service. You got to take the bullet. Yeah. That's your job. Yeah. This is where we get to the pushing of the desperation of Merlin, right? We're writing the, how can we make him even more desperate about this dilemma? So he makes a terrible choice. Not that it's a bad choice, but he makes a horrifying moral choice to let this person die. And it keeps going. The situation keeps escalating. We're going back to the Desir. He can't stop it. And I think this is the, you're supposed to feel the mounting pressure of everything I do doesn't work. Right. I'm trying to let him die. And now Arthur's pressing on. And he's got that kind of, oh, fuck face when Arthur's like, we're going. And finally, we have this solo quest we should have gotten in the first place. Correct. There is a chat here about why Arthur's doing this. We try to get through these jokes of, oh, you wouldn't. Actually, it hurts a little, this chat, because Merlin says you wouldn't do this for me, which we know that's not true. But I guess he's feeling a little down about this whole thing. You guess? You think? Anyway, Arthur is coming around to not being a jerk at this point leaves the sword outside
1: which is not excalibur I'm just want to point that out there I saw that for the rest of this this season I'm gonna always point it out. Doesn't make any sense. I'll never forgive.
0: Never forgive. Never forgive this. This is not the prop. This is not prop department's fault. I don't understand who in the writers' room or the direct how the directors met up and decided this. Because if I came on to direct one of these later episodes, and they were like, "Oh, Arthur doesn't carry Excalibur," I'd be so freaking confused. So confused. I don't get it at all. Anyway, he says, "I'm not totally insensitive, Merlin." Well, not usually. You just have been this entire episode. Yeah. And a miracle happens. He admits Merlin is right sometimes.
1: I'm like, it's a little too late. I already hate you in this episode.
0: I mean, this is the point when I'm starting to recognize him again. So I don't hate him.
1: I like, I'm um, at the end of this episode. I was like at the point that I'm like, I kind of don't want to hear you being nice right now. I just can't. I understand. It's hard. It's Ugh.
0: It's hard. It's hard. In the cave, Arthur begs. Merlin's got this, please let him be okay and not get killed by the Desir face on. The Desir kind of remake their point. They're like, you can beg, just do the thing we're asking you to do, which is to accept the old religion. To which he gives a knee-jerk no. They are kind of old and wise and they're like, hey, why don't you take a beat outside? Come back at dawn. Think about it before you start throwing nose around.
1: Why don't you take some time to consider our proposal? <laughs> it's painful for me. I
0: love this scene. I love... All of it, from the production to the acting, even the writing of the scene is beautiful. It just ends on the (laughs) worst possible thing ever. But I can't deny how beautifully they both play it, how beautifully it's written. I love the whole conversation before the terrible thing happens. Like, I can't even say it. Uh, It's like Voldemort. (laughs) I don't even want to state the sentence. Before it gets really bad, it's a really beautiful insight into their inner worlds as people and how different they are.
1: I love Merlin's lines. I love it. I love it so much. It's so beautiful and it's so it's so like magical and it makes it just makes me want to see the world in that way. Do you know what I mean? I want to I want to feel that around me. I want to be in nature and and, and feel this Energy and this excitement that is in everything that is alive. And I feel that. I feel that through the screen. It's so great.
0: It's really beautiful. It's why it's so beautifully written and acted, this scene. It's It really feels magical. Nothing magical is happening. Arthur's really likable. He's really curious. He's like, How do you know? And he says, It's obvious. We'll pretend that it isn't. We're back to old Arthur, someone who just really has curiosity in his heart. This is the Arthur I recognize. And Such beautiful lines of, you know, the world is vibrating and everything is so alive here. Every leaf, every tree, it's like it's vibrating. And the honesty in which Bradley delivers this, you feel all that. And the honesty of the, don't you? And it makes me actually really, it's beautiful. And it makes me feel the magic that the character of Merlin feels. And it also devastates me for the lack of magic in Arthur's inner world. Yes. It's It's a really sad moment, really, to lead into this discussion where we're always at the same place we land. Arthur wants Merlin's advice. And the way Arthur presents the dilemma is, do I accept magic or get Mordred killed? And Merlin is so focused on that. This is what I don't understand because it doesn't really make sense, the decision he makes here.
1: Mm, No. He
0: believes that's the question, but it's not the real question. The real question is accept magic or don't. And handle Mordred separately, no matter what happens. I mean, you can right. walk in tomorrow and stab right. him. I don't understand.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Really, think about the long game. Right. You still have You still have time to deal with that part of the dilemma afterwards. You have lots of days to make a decision. He's not here trying to kill Arthur now. I know. He's in bed, for, uh, miles away from you.
0: You saw the vision in a war. Like, if a war starts to happen, maybe handle it then. But really, that's why it's important, I think, to have pressed Merlin's character to desperation where he can't think clearly. That's the only reason I think it makes sense is because he's so desperate. He can't actually get out of his own way to see what's happening.
1: And at this point, I see old Arthur again, and I don't disagree with him. Every, almost every single source of magic has tried to destroy Camelot and attack his family, including Morgana. So I I know and I can see why he's in his view. Magic is not that good. I wouldn't think that it is either. But that's also the problem with not telling, not revealing magic before. Because no, magic has actually saved your life dozens of times until we got here. And he says, all my, all my father's work would be for nothing. And at the same time, when he says that, what I'm thinking is, I don't, you didn't think that your father did a very good job because at the end he was just alone and everyone was just afraid of him. And then right away he points out, perhaps my father was wrong. And that's for me, a missed opportunity because he gave you an opening to be like, hey, Maybe we should try something different for a little bit of time and see how this goes. And it's missed.
0: It's it's painful on so many levels because we are clear-headed as the viewers. We're not in Merlin's dilemma and current desperate state of mind. So we're like, this is the opening. You're right. This is also the Arthur that hiding the good magic from him has created. As well as all the bad magical attacks keep happening, partly because... Magic is outlawed. When you push something into the darkness, you don't give people a choice. You know, good magical people are good people, so they're not going to come after you, and they're just going to hide and try to survive. So this is the product of Uther's decisions. This magic only appears bad. Okay, Okay, maybe it's true that back then unfettered magic was a problem because we've heard Gaius say, well, they were dark sorcerers and this and that. Maybe that's true, but I come back to this is the opportunity for Merlin to say, maybe we have magic and you make sure that the bad magical people are brought to heal and the good ones are left alone. Also, it hurts me on another level because the one thing that could prove to Arthur that magic is good is to know that Merlin is magical because he knows in his heart that Merlin is nothing but good.
1: And he's been by his side for the longest time, for the longest time. Also, if you're the one enforcing that magical people have to leave in the shadows, please don't be surprised when they come attacking you. They want to re-raise the people that erase them. That makes total sense to me. If you stop this, if you stop this law that puts them in the shadow, they're not going to come for Kamala anymore. It just, this scene is, what I have in my notes is in all caps, I don't, I couldn't even write the words of the scene because I was so annoyed. Are you fucking kidding me?
0: I wrote, I quit. Um, look, (laughs) I don't quit. I'm here to the end. I also wrote, why have I done this to us being me and you, Mila? Are the writers evil? Also, I object. (laughs) This makes no sense. Save Arthur, accept magic. Because here, okay, I will give it to the writers. I will give all of the benefit of the doubt to say it is very humanly written in the sense of Merlin gets so in his own way here with his fixation on one thing. He can't see that the real question isn't do I save Mordred or accept magic? He's missing the question that the deceiver are asking. You can reverse your fate by accepting magic i.e. this terrible thing that's coming will stop coming if you accept this. Yeah. And Merlin's not hearing it. And it's frustrating from our standpoint because we're like, do you not hear the real question that's being asked? No, he only hears the question that Arthur is posing and he only can see Mordred at this point. And it's, I think it's like a gathering of everyone ignoring his pleas, like he can't talk to Gaius, the dragons like kill Mordred. And all of this has been building up to the moment where Merlin doesn't really get what the situation is at this point. He can't because if he did, he wouldn't say the line and I'm going to say it and then we're going to live with it. There can be no place for magic in Camelot. And I will say that watching Colin Morgan in this scene splits my heart in two. It is watching someone and I will take his words from the commentary. It's watching someone deny themselves. It's not really about what he says about magic. He really plays it like, I'm just going to deny everything that I am to in this moment to this person that I love. And it hurts me. It hurts me on the again, that real level of things I've experienced, not in the level of like the magic destiny stuff. It hurts me because it is watching someone just tear themselves down for somebody else.
1: Yeah. And the fact that he cannot see this whole fate situation, that it's about reversing, that this is the point where you can reverse Arthur's fate. Yes. That is just, I can't, I'm like, what? No mistake no no
0: we do at least get the payoff later for that I will say there's the moment where I'm like oh thank god at least <laughs> at least they wrote it in okay. they do they go okay so they go in they have this conversation they go into the cave and the disiers say you have sealed your fate so now i gotta ask you do you think that arthur is gonna get killed now because they basically are like okay that was it that's the only chance you had
1: at this point, I just think that Arthur is going to get killed and Merlin is just going to live in the shadows forever because I don't see any good ending for this show at this moment.
0: It's not a pretty sight, this, this whole setup, because I do have the moment when they say that. And I'm like, Merlin, what have you done? You didn't play the long game. You always play the long game. It's not about Mordred. It's about Arthur.
1: Right, right. It was always about Arthur, but when Mordred came into the game... Merlin is just too stuck in his head about his, this vision that he had that he can't see the big picture and that this is about Arthur's fate and that's the thing that he should be worried about. And then Mordred, if you fix the fate, Mordred inside the fate will fix itself.
0: From a writing standpoint, I really like that they've written this into it. Like, this is very well executed. The, the Merlin side of it. Yes. I just think what it took... The road they took to get him there by making everyone else awful all episode was a little hard to handle. Or I'm like, I'm not sure that that was necessary. We could get to the desperation and have everybody else still be themselves somehow.
1: I agree. I
0: agree. You know, I'm Monday morning quarterbacking. OK, we all know that I am. And that's an American ism for saying I'm coming in after the fact and saying you should have done better. And I'm not saying I could have. I'm just saying that as the viewer, it's hard to handle that they did it this way. And I wish they'd found another way. That is correct. Acknowledge it's hard. I acknowledge how hard it is to write this stuff. It is so hard. Oh,
1: we're not taught and we're not saying that we could have done it better. (laughs) We're just here to give our opinion and be done with it. So... My opinion. We're just those assholes who are like, do better. No, but come on. There's no way that you as a fan of this show, or you, you the listener, I mean, can watch this episode and not be annoyed. I don't, I watched the show once and I'm already annoyed. I have lots of opinions about this episode. And I really agree with you. I do Love this ending, and I like this struggle to see the big picture because that's how we are. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times we struggle to see the big picture, we get fixated on one small problem and don't look at the big thing. It's his. Happened to me thousands of times, it will happen again, I'm sure. Yeah. Because it's a very human thing. But at least Gaius should have been on our side. Like, it was really painful to see Merlin so alone in this episode. And I don't know, a little less Arthur being a little less of an asshole. I could, I would have enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. It's, I understand what they were doing and it executes well at the end in the sense of you get me where I needed to be. And I understand why Merlin fucks up so badly. And it's really well written from that standpoint. And it's so well executed. And like I told you guys earlier in the episode, stick with us. We get there. I understand what the writers are doing and it's, kind of glorious and i love that scene and it all plays really well the setup to it is painful because i don't recognize a lot of the behaviors in the characters that i love and i don't know what to do with that as someone watching it from the outside to be like why are they like this and it-
1: at the last season of the show that is also my problem you don't do this at the last season of the show you cannot this is a rule of mine for my for myself the writers can do whatever they want, but I'm like no i oh, I'm always thinking I'm always gonna think that this is wrong
0: again. I don't know how to f- make it right. I don't know how you would have gotten Merlin this desperate without a little bit of annoyance from the other characters, but I wish that it could have been possible. That's my main point of this episode. I wish we could have gotten to this horrifying moment, which is horrifying, but it's it's okay that it happens to me in the sense of okay. A person fucks up. Like you said, we do it all the time. We always get fixated on things and can't see our own lives for the bigger picture. That is totally fine to write that. It actually works really well. And I kind of like it, even though it hurts me emotionally.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's the execution really hurt me on the way there. Where I'm like, please make this stop. I don't enjoy this. I agree. A moment that I hate and love at the same time is when they get there to Camelot. And Merlin's kind of a little relieved oh, this is going to be great. Like at least Mordred's dead. (laughs) The way that these faces all play, like Mordred's just this puppy who's coming down the stairs and Arthur's so excited and Merlin, Colin's face and Merlin with that face, just watching this happen in front of him. And I love that they cut in the voiceover from the next scene because it just sounds like a voiceover. And we've never done that with Merlin's voice of how could I have been so stupid?" And it plays so well. And in that moment, I'm like, yes, he realizes it right away. He's like, oh, my God.
1: And then he sees exactly, exactly. And then as you make the mistake, and I'm sure that it has happened to all of us, as as you can see the consequences of the mistake that you've made for not seeing the big picture, it's like that rush of anxiety that you're like, oh, my God, like how? It was right in front of my face and I didn't see it. It is.
0: It's so good in that respect. This episode is, here in this last piece of the episode, it really delivers on all the pain it deals you in the beginning.
1: It does. It does.
0: I'm still kind of mad at the writers because Merlin, and I just think didn't understand the characters as well, but I do I do love what's happened in the sense of, oh my God, he fucked up so bad and he realizes it right away. He's like, and he tells Gaius, you know, feels like an idiot. That wasn't the point. Mordred wasn't the point. Of course, Mordred's alive now because he is the the thing that's gonna kill Arthur, because the Desir have given him his judgment for not accepting magic. Right. So, do you think Mordred's gonna
1: a magical person will kill you? And that magical person is Mordred. Thank you.
0: The person you trained as a son. It's tragic. Do you think it's gonna happen?
1: I don't know. At this point, I'm like everything that I thought would happen. It's not happening. So, I'm not sure. I don't know. I know episode
0: one of this, you thought you were going to get to see at least one season of Merlin the Court Sorcerer. Now do you have no hope for Arthur finding out?
1: No, because you told me that Gwen finds out separately. So Gwen has to find out first for Arthur to find out after. And that's why I think that Gwen should have found out like way back there when her and Merlin were fighting together because I do think that she's help. I think that she's... A bridge between Merlin and Arthur, and she's a trustworthy bridge. So if that had happened in the past, we would all have been all okay for now. It didn't. So I'm waiting for that to happen in the near future, possibly.
0: Gwen has a really interesting storyline coming up. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it.
1: Oh my God. Next, next episode. So
0: next week on Merlin.
1: It's Saw, Merlin edition. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> uh, Yeah.
0: Listen, the trend continues. The previews for this season are awesome.
1: Previews for this, this season are on point. I love them. I don't know what's going to happen. I oh, That's the only note that I have for next week is Saw, Marlin edition.
0: It is Morgana and Gwen play a game. Yeah. Games with Morgana yeah. are not fun. She's a no. psycho. <laughs>
1: She's a psycho.
0: <laughs> that was my note. Oh, by the way. Morgana's still a psycho.
1: I'm glad we're over this hill.
0: Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There is no way you know what's coming.
1: (laughs) Oh, at this point, I know this. And I've made my peace with not knowing. I'm not even making stories in my head anymore. I'm just not. I'm just waiting.
0: You might as well not because the storyline that unfolds over the next few episodes is uh, insane. So on that note, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you. See you guys.